Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And joining us now to talk some SEC basketball from the Southeastern 14, Blake Lovell joins us now. Blake, thanks so much for joining us. A lot to get to. Really, really busy. And uh, co-champion of Super Bowl picks. Oh, that's right. Good <laughs> job, Michael Brett. We Cole. cannot bury the lead again. We buried the lead on Monday. Uh, yes, good picking uh, Blake, for the Super Bowl. We, we don't have the ceremonial green jacket. You'd no. have to split it with a great guy, DeMichael Cole from the Commercial Appeal that covers the Memphis Grizzlies beat. Y'all both had 24-20, so you're both three off. Great picking. Yeah. Yeah, we got close, I guess. But you know, I, I like to get the exact score right. But uh, luckily, uh, we'll, we'll take the we'll take the three off. Twenty five twenty two was not scoregami, no. but in the history of the NFL, I think that was the twenty fourth twenty five twenty two. Crazy. That was the first thing I looked up afterwards. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember a twenty five twenty two, but then they showed there was one like a year or two ago, and so I was like, oh yeah, okay, well yeah. it makes sense. But but good picking, go. good picking, absolutely. We'll good take picking. it. So let's uh, start. I want to start with the game uh, from last night. Kentucky and Ole Miss up in Lexington. Kentucky coming off of their third straight loss in Rupp, um, which is just completely unheard of up there. But they get Ole Miss. They're finally kind of starting to get healthy up there at Kentucky. I mean, they control the game most of the night. What really stood out to you uh, for Kentucky last night in their win over Ole Miss? Yeah, I'd say for Kentucky fans, you know, it wasn't just finally ending that three-game losing streak, especially, like you said, it was kind of unheard of. But it was really only allowing 63 points. Yeah. I was probably looking up saying, man, other than the Arkansas game, we really haven't done that a whole <laughs> lot here uh, in quite a while. And so I think that was the biggest thing is, you know, Ole Miss had, had been a team kind of like other SEC teams where you knew going on the road is going to be tough to find wins. But they finally got that one at A&M, and you wonder, okay, they're playing this Kentucky team that's, been reeling and um but you know they go in there and Kentucky just played better defense and I think Cal said it you know they were just more aggressive now and that's what we've been wanting to see from Kentucky instead of letting the other team take it to them uh they have to come out and be the aggressors they were last night of course it helped having you know DJ Wagner and Trey Mitchell back Mm -hmm. on the floor together and it also helped having on Yenso getting 10 blocks which uh, never hurts your defense either so yeah I mean I think you saw a step forward for Kentucky did they fix everything last night no but um, that was a big step, just to hold an opponent to 63 points that has some pretty good offensive players, and um, at least maybe they can build off of that uh, heading into a, a big game where they'll have to play defense on Saturday at all. So. Cal is very much selling. We're going to be poised for March. If they are, then he will have the last laugh. If they're not, how loud will it get? It's going to get loud because we know now, you know, they, he's added another sort of um, – gets bad milestone, right, with the three-game yeah. home losing streak. And so if you add that to the mix during a season, that gives, you know, your opponents and critics a lot more to work with. Uh, well, it's not only we're not making, you know, inroads in the, the NCAA tournament, we're not, you know, getting to the second weekend regularly or anything. We're losing, you know, consecutive home games now. And, you know, that's part of the bigger problem. And so, yeah, it's going to get pretty loud because I think that, you know, like you said, he's selling it and – what he sold last night after the game was, and I don't think he's wrong necessarily, is that, you know, you're not going to win many NCAA tournament games scoring 65, 62, 63. Yeah. You're going to win it scoring points, and we can score points. Now, we may give some up, but we can score, and so we still feel pretty confident that we can win those kind of games just because we have enough offense to do it. 
Um, so, yeah, but as always, I mean, it's always measured by NCAA tournament success in Kentucky, and they just have not had a lot in the past however many years now. And so if they don't do it again this year, add a home losing streak during the season that yeah. they just haven't seen there in a long time, then, yeah, but they're not going to like it. It's Kentucky. It's going to get loud, and and it should. Tonight, Tennessee on the road at Arkansas. Tennessee, they've, they've lost the last seven at Bud Walton Arena, but they're eight-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. Every time I want to fall in love with Tennessee, then they do something like going to College <laughs> Station and really not showing up. Yeah, I, I think that was one that I, I I hope for Tennessee's sake that was just one of those games that happened uh, because, you know, that was kind of one where I think for A&M everything was on the line. And, of course, A&M comes back last night and kind of counters everything they did on Saturday with a loss at Vanderbilt. But I think you look at Tennessee here, and like you said, Brett, like, this is a game they should win. Like, they should win against Arkansas. This is an Arkansas team that's just been so inconsistent. Just when you think maybe they're going to turn a corner, they don't. You know, right? We thought that maybe at Missouri. All right, they played really well. I know it's the worst team in the league, but they played well there. And they turn around and get beat by 21 on the road to LSU. Come back home, pull one out against Georgia. Now you got the biggest opportunity you've had in a long time at home against Tennessee. I think Arkansas keeps the thing close because you mentioned the losing streak. Tennessee had one there in forever. Um, and, you know, you just kind of wonder. I mean, the atmosphere will still be there, I think, even though Arkansas is having a tough season. But you just want to see if Tennessee is going to continue to have that support scoring-wise, you know, around Dalton Connect. And mm-hmm. it's always that pressure of if he has a bad game, um, what do you do? And we kind of saw that against Texas A&M. He scored 22, Ziegler had 15, no one else had above, I think, eight. And so it's just, you know, that's going to be the question here for Tennessee moving forward is they've got to get consistency around him. Um, they should be able to do that against Arkansas, who just does not look like that they're even, you know, in the game sometimes defensively. And so, yeah, I think Tennessee should win this game handily. Probably won't be easy, but they've been the better team. And if they want to kind of prove that they're a team that go a long way in the tournament, be a potential, you know, number two seed, something like that, they got to win a game like this. If Tennessee didn't make it to a second weekend, how loud, using that word again, we're not talking about anybody being fired, but just how noisy would it be? Nashville, Knoxville, talk radio. Yeah, it would be noisy. Um, I just, I still think that if you're Tennessee and you're looking at this as a whole, boy, it's, I, I mean, I think Tennessee fans should be more kind of, I don't know if excited is necessarily the word. You don't want to be excited about an early round exit, but content. I think just, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just sort of the state of the program, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, yes, yeah, like, but like they've been good and patient, Blake, for a long time with a lot, a lot of different coaches yeah. and a lot of different stars. They have, and and I think it's just kind of one of these scenarios where, let's say this team loses like in the second round or something, Ooh. and they well, wind you know, up being you a, know what's going to be said <laughs> second round. Oh, Rick. Of course, yeah. you know that, that's the thing. Like, let's say they lose in the second round, they're a number two or three seed, something like that. Let's say they get somewhere in that range, then I think you're still having that conversation, right? But I still look at it from the standpoint of boy. Um, you know, you always be careful what you wish for. And sometimes you do have to take a risk and say, all right, maybe it's time to turn the page, go somewhere else. But you're having to do that by replicating someone who just has consistently, mm-hmm. you know, won 25 or more games um, during the season to put you in that position. And so it's always a tricky thing. Uh, we've seen some programs take that leap before. I don't know that Tennessee would even think about doing that after this season if they were to, no, no. you know, be in that spot again. But, yeah, it's it's tricky in this era because everybody wants instant results, and they've gotten the results in the regular season. It's just they've not met the expectations for where they want to be in the postseason. So. 
Blake, when you look at Tennessee and Kentucky, obviously other really good teams in the SEC that can make noise in March, like Auburn and, and South Carolina, and more teams behind them. But when you look at Tennessee and Kentucky right now with how they're playing, who do you have more faith in and believe in more to make a run in March? Yeah, I would still say it's Tennessee just because they play defense mm-hmm. um, consistently. I just And look, I mean, I think, like we said, sure, Tennessee it sometimes can be frustrating offensively, but nobody in the SEC has a Dalton Connect. And right. I think that's just where, and maybe nobody in the country has a player like that, just in terms of what he can do um, when he can take over a game. And so I, I think that Tennessee is still going to be the answer just because they're so far better defensively, and I just don't. You know, even though it's a positive step for Kentucky, I just don't know if they're ever going to get there other than just being maybe an average defensive team at this point. Um, Tennessee is a great defensive team. They have the potential to be a great offensive team at the same time. uh, But I think, you know, that will probably be the more frustrating aspect for them in these kind of games because, look, they're not going to have what they had the other night. A&M's one of the worst shooting teams in the country, and A&M comes out and hits, what, 11 threes against Mm -hmm. them or something. That's not going to happen every night. And so, um, yeah, I just I think it's kind of a scenario where I still trust Tennessee a lot. They're old. They've got all the pieces. It's just, as always, the pieces have to come together on the right night uh, to be able to advance in the tournament. So, yeah, I think Tennessee's more trustworthy. Today, the athletics director at Texas, Chris Del Conte, he's been making a lot of news. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm surprised how little people have gotten on to this. He's talking about A&M and Texas in football will be the Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving game, uh, you know, news dust in the Egg Bowl world. Hmm. Uh, yeah, when, when are we when are we going to play back back to Saturday or maybe on Friday? But that's fine. A and M in Texas, and I do think nationally that would chip into ever so slightly that NFL TV rating. Ole Miss last year, Ole Miss and State last year did around three and a half million viewers on Thanksgiving night, which is great. But the NFL did forty million. And I don't know if anybody can chip away too much, but I think Texas and Texas A&M maybe can't. But also today, Chris Del Conte said in the season of 2026, football is definitely going to nine games from eight and 24 mm. and 25, eight, what it's, what it's always been in, in getting rid of divisions. What do you want to see basketball do? Do you want to stay at 18? Do you want to increase? Uh, games we know we can't play uh, a strict round robin. What do you what do you want to see the basketball schedule look like, Blake? Look, there's the, the the SEC part of me says, hey, play more conference games. You're probably going to give more chances to get your teams in the tournament if you do that, um, because you know you, you pretty much expect kind of a powerful conference overall, especially if you're adding Texas and Oklahoma to the mix. The other part of me is what's going to happen is you give away games that mid-major schools, low-major schools that, that they need. And it's not the SEC's responsibility to take care of those schools, but we know, like the buy games, right? Like those are still something that I think, you know, I, I still want to see Alabama go out and schedule good mid-major teams. I don't want that just to completely drop off, right? And, of course, you're talking about maybe a couple games, something like that. But still, um, think about it, right? Like Alabama played Indiana State earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Indiana State just got back in the top 25. I know they lost last night, but – First time since, you know, Larry Bird was there, right? But still, like, maybe that game doesn't get scheduled if you have that extra conference game. Alabama probably wouldn't care because they're probably playing an extra game against Texas. That'll do more for their strength of resume, net rankings, all this other nonsense. But I get it from an SEC standpoint. I think they're going to go to 20 uh, sooner rather than later. But I, that's just a part of me that still wonders, boy, you talk about all those guys, and we all know 
there are mid-major coaches every year talking about how we just cannot get those games mm-hmm. um, because nobody wants to play us because we're winning games every single year. Well, there it's going to be even worse if you take away some of these SEC games because you have seen SEC teams go out and schedule tougher. Alabama's always been one that schedules tough. Um, you know, there are other teams that continue to schedule tough, trying to Auburn understand. went to Appalachian yeah. State. I still don't right. know why and got beat. Well, yeah. and they wouldn't probably in a twenty game schedule. No way. Yep, mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna clip that one. That was not gonna happen. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I think that's just the one thing that I would hesitate. But it's all about money and. You know, they're going to take care of themselves. All right, so, so let, let's say they go to we, – we stay at 31 with multi-team events, and you have 20 SEC. You keep the AAC challenge, which would be a, a game for everyone. So that that's 21 we know of. The multi-team event would be three. That's 24. That of the seven, I'm going to say five or six would be home games for most yeah. teams in SEC, and it would be a lot of hyphens. Yeah, it absolutely would be. Like, I mean, think about it, right? Like, think about Alabama's schedule this year. Like, I always use Alabama because they have just, again, perennially, they've been tough. Since Notes, Nate Oates has been there, even when Avery Johnson was there, their schedule was tough. But, you know, think about the games they play. Three in a row, Purdue, Creighton, Arizona. I mean, no games getting played if they move to 20 games. <laughs> Two of those are getting knocked off for sure. Like, we know that 100% certainty. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's just a part of me that I think. And, and what I worry about is when you do that, and this is where I worry about the whole, we could get into this for an hour, the expansion of the NCAA tournament. But mm. I, I just think it's going to eventually be, you know, if the SEC has 16 teams, you know, the 12th place team in the SEC has got a better chance of getting to get into the NCAA tournament than, sure. you know, the, the team that finishes second in a really good mid-major league or something. Yeah, so. it, it is. And I, I said it the other day, I'm, I'm starting to, to warm up to, starting to thaw a little bit on expanding because I think it's it, first of all I think it's bigger than me I can't stop it <laughs> and it, it's going that way but Blake it's going to drive me crazy that coach out there go well I've, I've been to the NCAA tournament eight, eight, eight years in a row <laughs> yeah but everybody's going now coach yeah right hey, that'll no longer be the the measure I think you it's like go going to the walnut say, bowl in football yeah <laughs> right saying hey I finished the 10th and 11th in my conference the past two years yeah and I made the NCAA tournament well that's, I, that's I, I was right? I was mm. I was six and 14 in conference <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah still well, got in because I played in the big 10 of the SEC because right. Greg yeah. Sankey throw his weight around that's right well yeah how it goes. We're talking to Blake Lovell. He joins us every week to talk SEC hoops from the Southeastern 14. Go give him a follow on Twitter at the Blake Lovell. Blake, another game from last night uh, that I was locked into Vanderbilt and Texas A&M in Nashville. Uh, a really back and forth game. And Vanderbilt picks up their second win in conference, a last second shot um, for Ezra Magnon. Um, what, what do you make of this Vanderbilt team this year? Because last year they kind of became the story of the SEC. You know they 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 you know late in the season they rally off all of these wins. Then after the season, uh, a lot of their key players outside of Tyron Lawrence, Ezra Magnone were kind of poached away by other teams. And and most notably, you look up and a couple of those guys are, are factors on other SEC teams this year. And now you look at their roster, you look at who they're playing. They're having to play a lot of sophomores, a lot of freshmen, dealt with a lot of injuries earlier in the year. What have you made of this season for Jerry Stackhouse? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think there were there were some Vanderbilt fans last night that probably weren't feel, thrilled with the outcome. Yeah. Um, you never want to say that because I think there's a, a very you know large group of Vanderbilt fans that just want to turn the page at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, again, you know, it's, it's Stackhouse's fifth season there. 
They've not made the NCAA tournament. They're not going to make it this season, of course. You know, I think they had an argument to be in the conversation last year after the run, but it's just like that now they just completely reset this year. And you start off with a home loss to Presbyterian, and that kind of sends your season right away into, you know, a spiral yep. to where they just cannot recover. And, and they are 7-17. Seven and 17. It's a great win to beat Texas A&M and just beat Tennessee, but you're still 7-17. Seven and 17. You're still 2-9 and nine, uh, in the conference. And so... I, you know, someone had told me yesterday, they're like, I know a lot of Vanderbilt fans are frustrated, but, you know, someone that, that I trust with these kind of, you know, information and stuff, it's, he, they're not making a coaching change, no matter what happens the rest of the way. And I'm just thinking, all right, well, for me, if that's what Vanderbilt decides they want to do, you're still going to have a lot of unhappy fans, and yeah. you're still going to see the same situation where it's, you know, the, the other fan bases are going to be watching the game in the gym. It feels like the end Vanderbilt of Derek fans. Mason, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does. That's that's a good, probably, comparison to where I think fans good man, sort of been like. Good football coach. Sure. I mean, Stackhouse can coach. I've said mm-hmm. that to people. Like, I, I think that's the one thing people are knocking. Like, well, he's not winning. Well, he can still coach. It's just the problem is, and he's right to a certain extent, like, they can't get transfers the way other schools can get transfers. No, they're like, just, they they're not, they're not going to sell their soul. No, it's just, that's just not how it works. And, like, they're not going to get the same type of transfers. And something else they've done, I've always said, I think Stackhouse is tremendous Like when it comes to the X's and O's and player development specifically. But the problem is, like you just said, Brian, it's, they're playing a lot of young guys this mm-hmm. year. It's almost like they're building for the future when we know what's going to happen. Yep. You're and building for the future. They're going to raid them. Mm-hmm. Sure, those guys are going to transfer next year. They'll be and beating so, you in the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so mm. that's just, it's, I, I do. Like I, I don't put all this on Jerry Stackhouse. I know a lot of fans do. Um, ultimately, though, he's the head coach, and you have to get the results. Sure. But um, there's just yeah, there's a lot of things that I don't know that are going to fix themselves um, anytime soon at Vanderbilt. Last thing for you, uh, big game tonight, uh, Auburn in South Carolina. I was shocked to see Auburn an eleven and a half favorite uh, <laughs> at home against South Carolina. The South Carolina team that's been playing so well, but Auburn's been playing uh, extremely well uh, for themselves. What do you expect to see tonight in this big game? Yeah, I'm tired of I'm tired of betting against Lamont Paris at this point. Like, I just I'm not <laughs> doing probably, it anymore. Probably a good um, idea. It's just not happening. I, I know it's Auburn. I know Auburn's at home, but my goodness, South Carolina has imposed their will on every team they played except for Alabama. It feels like, and and maybe this game's kind of similar similar when you think about it because Auburn is so tough at home. They've beaten everybody by double digits there, as we know. Um, and you know, sometimes, like we said, whether it's a Tennessee, a Texas A and M. Uh, games like that, you're just going to run into a buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. And could that happen? Auburn is very angry, as we know, coming off the way that they just got embarrassed against Florida on Saturday. 16-point loss, but it's way worse than that. Um, so I could see Auburn coming out, game of the year here, beat South Carolina by 15 points. But I just don't want to bank on it because I think South Carolina, they are playing the Wisconsin style to a T right now. They are doing exactly what they want to do. They dictate everything with the way the game is played. And they're going to play defense. Offense, will it travel? We'll find out. But they're going to defend. And if they defend, they got a chance in this game. But, yeah, you're probably still going to pick Auburn. But like I said, whew, I would <laughs> not want to touch that that number uh, in Auburn's favor uh, in this one. So. Blake, who's your favorite non-SEC team to watch and follow? I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying the best, but you, you just watch them. Because Indiana State's getting a lot of that even after losing the other night. Yeah. But who's a fun, what's a fun story out there that could really emerge in, in March from a fun team you enjoy watching? Yeah, that was the one thing. Somebody asked me that question about two, a week ago, and I'm like, well, I remember seeing them play Alabama. That was a high sport game earlier in the season. Seeing them play has been a lot of fun. I mean, boy, you know, certainly I've looked around at some of these teams, and 
I know you don't get to see this team play a lot, but it kind of ties into the Vanderbilt discussion we just had. I mean, Bryce Drew's got Grand Canyon at 22-2 oh, and two right now. and sure I haven't gotten to see them play because, again, you just don't have a lot of coverage. Brian whack, just mentioned but... look out for Samford. Yeah. Well, Samford's another one, too. Mm-hmm. Bucky McMillan, I'm telling you, he's going to be on the radar of some teams uh, very soon. Guys, like, I'm just telling you, he is someone that everyone has thought highly of ever since he was a high school coach there in Alabama. Um, and they just play a fun style, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Samford is one where if they keep winning, they get to the tournament this year because they are 22-3. and three. Um, let's say they win a game in the in the tournament, or something like that. He's going to be coaching somewhere else next year. One um, of some of those teams we just chatted about will be the darling of, oh, of yeah. March. Yeah, yeah, the family Dickinson. Sure. Yeah, throw McNeese State in there. Yeah. I think you got a pretty yeah. good bet if you take those three teams. They're, they're kind of getting two on the radar. They though. are, they are. But man, we'll wait. I don't want to bet against him at all. That's a, a Blake. Great good coach. stuff. Thanks, man. Blake. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Blake Lovell from the Southeastern 14 joins us every week to talk some SEC hoops. And he's right, man. Grand Canyon, fun team to watch. And they they fill it out every and single Bryce home Drew game. was at Bandy. Yeah, sure and, was. And, you know, he, he didn't just learn how to coach. <laughs> right, right. I didn't have the nerve to ask Blake about this story. We will in the next segment when we talk mm-hmm. NBA. But the news today that, you know, worst kept secret going, Adam Silver, uh, you know, said that Las Vegas is definitely on the list. Yeah of cities under consideration for expansion franchises. And a lot of teams mentioned Mexico City, mentioned, of course, Seattle, Seattle always yeah. mentioned. And then at the bottom of the story, Vancouver, Montreal, and Nashville, mm. among the places that have also been mentioned in mm. recent years for an expansion franchise. What? Brian, you, may, you and Johnny may live to see it. Can you imagine the rivalry between great. the Grizzlies and it'd Nashville. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. It would be great. Be it would be it would be great cuz you know we we've kind of traded who who we who's our biggest rival. Mm-hmm. You know for a little while it was Oklahoma City, sometimes the Clippers. Sure. You know had a brief dalliance with the T-Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans has really never gotten no, there. We it, want it. But we've wanted it. To we be wanted New Orleans, it. But it just can't a- get Atlanta, there. you only play them twice right. all year. Once there, once. Man, in. Nashville. <laughs> it, it would be. That'd be special. I mean, that really that would be incredible. It, it would be people go up to games up oh, there absolutely. and. and Grizz fan would be ready to tee it up. Absolutely. I mean, we already have this city rivalry where, you know, we hate Nashville. Nashville hates, uh, doesn't hate as much Memphis as we hate them. But if you, you haven't been able to. We'll make them hate us. Exactly. (laughs) I like that. You haven't been able to put that to sports yet. When you now have sports and you say, oh, there's a team three hours south and there's a a team three hours north of us. That's what it's about. I mean, that's going to, that'd be great. I would love that. It would be. One thing that Nashville doesn't have, they don't, they don't have either. Either commissary like we have here, no. we've got the commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar and the original in Germantown. And right now, if you're thinking about where are we going tonight to celebrate, go to either place. At Collierville tonight, you can go to the commissary there, and you and your guests can have slab of ribs for Valentine's, about 8 to $10 off that, and you'll get complimentary dessert and champagne in in collierville in germantown instead of champagne you'll get the two beers because of the liquor laws and i can't explain those nobody really can but just trust me on that both places perfect for tonight and for celebrating so many did with the big game and walker taylor and his team appreciate you so much for over the weekend tonight and really any time of the year 
for being so devoted to his great product, and that's what they work for. Memphis-style barbecue and ribs done the slow-cooked Memphis way. If you're craving an easier way to order, you can text commissary right now to 337-33. But you want to go out tonight. Go out and start that feast with the great appetizers like the smoked chicken wings, the cheese plate, the tamales, the nachos, and spread the love at the commissary. Dig into the ribs or the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, and all the sides, the party pack, six-pack, eight-pack, 12-pack. need to start thinking about tomorrow night with game-watching with the Memphis Tigers. Tonight with the Grizzlies, if you're not going downtown, you can get at, almost get out on the patio right now this afternoon and enjoy it out at Collierville, Houston, Levy, and Poplar. Here's the number, 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. In Collierville, in Germantown, those party areas, orders to go, tailgating, catering, all the holidays, 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Well, we need to get to a break. When we come back, we talked Grizzlies earlier, but we're going to talk some NBA. That's next on Sports Time. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Well, it's been a pretty newsy day in the NBA. A really good slate tonight. We've got a couple of games on ESPN. 13 games. 13 games. Two of them on ESPN. One here in Memphis. I didn't go to the trouble to look see who, who are the four teams off. Uh, yeah, no. I, I didn't go to that trouble either. But no. Just about everybody's with, on. Yeah, with with uh, with All-Star Weekend this week. a lot of lonely, loneliest people in the arena. It's going to be a lot of lonely people Poor in the arena. Loneliest that's man right. in the arena. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so a lot <laughs> of guys. They just made that up, man. <laughs> I think so. I'm starting to think they just I never made heard. They saw Brett sitting there, yeah. and they were like, "Let's let's let's play a joke on him. Let's, yeah. let's get him with the loneliest." But no, I mean, with with All Star Weekend right around the corner, a lot I, I of had guys my Kleenex, so Johnny. Well, hey, you got to keep him on you. You got to keep, keep him on standby for Brett. Uh, yeah, uh, two games tonight on ESPN: Bulls, Cavs uh, at six thirty. Then the late night game: Clippers, Warriors. That's a big game late tonight uh, between the the Clippers and the Warriors. Here they come. Look out for the Warriors. You said it yesterday, um, and uh, and I'm I'm with you on it, but. Um, outside of the games tonight, really newsy, um, and kind of the big thing that I saw this morning, um, that, uh, it was being reported by Woj, uh, earlier today that, uh, the Golden State Warriors reached out to the Lakers before the trade deadline inquiring about LeBron James. I wonder what level of inquiring was it? Because I... Here's the cynic in me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not sorry. I see a whole lot of self-congratulations between Ramona Shelbourne and Woj on on having this story. There's no story. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there's no story. But it's, it's, Brad, it's one of those, what I imagine is before the deadline, they get on a phone Hey man, you know, y'all thinking about dealing anybody, yada, yada, yada. How many teams were doing exactly. that? Exactly. But different players. I don't want to name names, but I would imagine there were a lot of kicking the tires, inquiries made on, 
on, on practically every player in the league. Just but what would it take? Every player in the league does not get the clicks that LeBron sure James does. and the Golden State Warriors get. So popular. I mean, that's exactly constant. what. I mean, I imagine they get on the phone. It probably started with a guy like Jonathan Kaminga. Hey, y'all want to move Kaminga? No, not really. Hey, by the way, while I got you, what would we have would to take? do to get LeBron James? And they said, "You're not getting LeBron James. He's fine here. He wants to be there." And then Woj hears that he tells other people what he gets me, and they go, "Man, you know what? We get a bunch of clicks on front page. Is that the Lakers and the Warriors were discussing trading LeBron James?" I thought a Knicks rumor would pop up last week, and it, and mm. it never did. Yeah, but. You know, and, and you know, he sent out LeBron sent out the the tweet. Yeah, I think that was kind of it got people in Philadelphia sure. all agitated. See, I I missed that. I John was talking too about the the cryptic tweets mm-hmm. and cryptic posts from LeBron. Yeah, a couple of them. I don't pay attention to the cryptic. I don't, stuff. I don't either. I know one of them was like uh, he was in New York and like had the uh, the New York Knicks towel draped over him and like you could see the logos and he put like question mark he like posted and put question hey, marks hey like, man what? he had one him Draymond and Steph Curry with all their rings that's hilarious yeah I love that. that's cryptic great. what Very. about, what about the in season tournament banner do they have that Ooh, man they hey, that's, what that's you need. silent need to have the important stuff up <laughs> But it's not the, that, that not quickly the faded. tournament anymore, unfortunately. So that I mean, very rare in season tournament. But I I enjoy I very much enjoyed the Shaq ceremony last night. Thought it was so so nice of his teammates like Coach Hardaway to be there for him on that big night. No, they didn't win a championship, right? But like I've said so many times about anybody that wants to retire a jersey, it's your business. You can retire yeah. whatever number you want for whatever cause. I mean, if the Miami Heat have a, they have Dan Marino's mm-hmm. thirteen retired, and they have twenty three retired yeah. for Michael Jordan. <laughs> and I, I miss this that that Adam Silver had six around the league retired for Bill Russell, like baseball has yeah. for Jackie Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened, I love that. Yeah, that happened right after his passing, and I think last year. They, Is there anything in FedEx Forum recognizing six? Don't believe so, no. Um, but I know that was a big discussion because I think uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. was wearing six at the time, and the rule was we're retiring it for for every team. But if you're currently wearing six, like Mariano can, Rivera was right, wearing forty two, right, and you can continue to wear Jack that, Robinson. and uh, and then once you either change teams, you'll get a different number or whatever. Um, so, so now after Lofton, that's yeah, it. No more, no more number six um, is is what I understand. So, well, I'm going to look tonight. Now that's really kind of behind me, and I've got to go to a, a different view to see it yeah. to see if if, if yeah, I number six is up. I don't. I don't. I don't think it is, but I'm not positive. I hope it is. Uh, yeah, I do. T- I know uh, last year, uh, you know, you had the number six on the courts. Uh, I think most jerseys had a six patch. Most uh, coaches were wearing uh, some sort of pin or something with with number six on it. Um, it was a big thing. So, so yeah. So uh, that's. Uh, but I, I I love the Shaq retirement. Um, I'm for it. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad Penny was there. I, I mentioned it earlier that 30 for 30 with Shaq and Penny was really, really good. Yes. I mean, it talked a lot about, you know, 
Almost. There, there have been some ups and downs. Sure. Almost. That, that, that's, and that's life. That's yeah. sports. And, and I know. I remember when that and, came and that out. quote I used early, earlier. It, it was very cutting then. Sure. Time fixes all. Well, that. and I, I remember when that thirty for thirty came out, and that was kind of the big thing. Is oh my gosh, those you know Shaq and and, and Penny are back together. You yeah. know they've made up. They're 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 with each other now. So you know I thought that was was cool to see Penny down there, and and uh, and and cool to see you know Shaq get get his number. Raised for the for the magic. I mentioned uh, I I meant to mention this yesterday on our show, but that game was on TNT, um, and I believe I have it uh, in my phone. First nationally televised regular season game for the Magic since like 2013. Like been a really really long time since they've played on national television. Got it last night. A lot of people are pointing out uh, it was Paulo Bencaro's first nationally televised game uh, since he was drafted. He certainly do, and I think that 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 Magic team is due. I mean, they're a they're a fun team. Um, so I thought that was really cool for them to get. As it we that said earlier, night. Shaq mentioned Nick Anderson. We talked about Penny. Yeah. Johnny made the good point. The break. Tracy McGrady's going to yeah. have a word. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he 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 want that number one retired certainly. as well. No, certainly they're they're. A, a handful and there of, are of guys. some numbers out there across sports that, that's for sure. two people yeah yeah absolutely so i mean i know the yankees have number eight retired both for bill dickey <laughs> yeah. and yogi Berra. yeah yeah and with the yankees you get to a point where you got to share you can only retire oh, so many numbers oh, we're, we're gonna be down to old number 91 for that's the right. yankees. oh man it's gonna look like spring training that's out right. there oh, here are the number sixes in grizzlies history in memphis okay 2002 Antonis Fotsis. Okay. I got nothing. Eh, good attempt. And then one, it should go in the rafters tonight. Bonzi Wells. Oh, Bonzi Wells is a good one. Eddie Jones. Really one. Bobby Jones. Yeah. Boo, Mario Chalmers. I knew Mario Chalmers is number six. I did not remember it. Yeah. Shelvin Mack, C.J. Miles. Mack. Shaq Buchanan. Shaq Buchanan was Not Shaq O'Neal, but right. Shaq Buchanan. And Kenny, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton, yeah. I, I remember because that was the when they announced that, it, everyone was kind of like, well, what? Because LeBron, I think, was also wearing number six at the time. And so everyone was saying, well, what are we going to do with current players wearing number six? And uh, they ended up saying, you know, you can, you can keep it, but once you you know either move teams or, or uh, retire, you know, that, that number is Who's done next for, for the Grizzlies? Retired number. Uh, it's got to be, it's got to be, well, they already announced it, Mark. But outside of that, I would say... Get back to doing it for Tony after. Yeah, I would say Tony. The legal and, entanglement. And then, and then Mike, yeah. yeah. I think Mike, those four. Yeah. What about Pau Gasol? It, it pained me when, when they issued 16. I'm looking at it now. I didn't remember who it was for. It was for Tony Douglas, and it, it, <laughs> I, I thought it was so unnecessary. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'd be I'd be cool with them retiring Pau's number. I think they I mean, should. An unbelievable player. I'd I be, think they I'd be should. Cool Hall of Famer, one top three or four yeah. foreign players ever, yeah. five for yeah. sure. I, I, I definitely want to see. Core four retired first, but I, I, I Pau Gasol, I'd, I'd like to see his numbers. But you, you know, all of it's evolutionary. You know, we don't get to core four without Pau. That's right. We don't get to John and Jaron without Pau and without core four. Right. You, know, it, yeah. you, you have to do it in time, and anybody can retire it for any reason they want. Sure, sure. And Absolutely. you know, if Orlando wants to do it for Tracy McGrady mm-hmm. and Penny Hardaway and dual yeah. ceremony. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll just have to see. So uh, I uh, and I, I did see. Speaking of of Shaq's um, retirement, I was listening to NBA radio on Sirius XM this morning. They were talking about this, and uh, I don't know if it was during his actual speech or if this was you know before or after talking to reporters and stuff. But he said that something along the lines of 
his retire Orlando retiring his jersey was the biggest thing that's happened to him since retiring. That even bigger than LSU, bigger than LSU, bigger, bigger than, than LA, which was big. I mean, he's got a statue in LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that's something. But said that you know LSU, he he knew something would happen after LSU. He had a good feeling about the Lakers, but he never thought that Orlando would would retire his jersey or do anything like that. And so that it it just meant so much for him um, to be able to have that happen last night. And and it, it was quite quite the ceremony for him last night and 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 I'm going to get to it in my big number of the day coming up. Yeah, no, it's going to it was definitely cool to see and I'm glad that that game was on so TNT. Vegas and what's the other city to keep it on even for expansion whenever they do it? Seattle. Yeah. It's got to be those two first. I mean, it seems like every year, every offseason you get that, okay, this year's when we're going to get the announcement, Vegas and Seattle. I would be shocked if we got an announcement it's not one of those yeah. teams. Coming soon. Yeah, coming very soon. I would I would think maybe, you know, maybe around the I know uh well, Keith, Keith Smith told us that he thinks we get an announcement in the next 2 years. I think he said so. I mean, we're getting close to, to having an announcement, and interesting to see them uh, name not just those two teams, but a handful of other teams that might be uh, getting an expansion team at some point. Let's head to All Star Chevrolet and drive one of those new Silverados. You better get ready for that All Star Chevy right there in Olive Branch, first exit into Mississippi on Highway 78 at Kraft Goodman Road, and you're there with financing down to 2.9 for 72 months or up to 5,000 cash back. Plus, you make no payments for 90 days. Your good credit deserves it, and you get it at All-Star. It's the month of love, and at Olive Branch, you'll love all the new Silverados, Trailblazers, Equinox, Tahoes. You're going to love seeing the All-Star lot and showroom loaded up again like we like we want to see it. You want pre-owned? Everything you want is right there at All-Star. Jeeps, Nissan Rogue, Ram Trucks, a Traverse with third-row seating so we all can do more together. Where are you going for Easter or spring break? We want to ride together. And what are you going to be driving? You want to be driving something from All-Star. Teachers, military, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus back. Everyone at All-Star ready for the spring and ready for you to have something that you love. If it's not on the lot, just ask Kevin or Jeff, and they'll find what you want. Remember, it's not South Haven, Bartlett, Mount Moriah, or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Come on down to All-Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch or go to allstarautogroup.com. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Brett, why don't you go first today? I will, I'll be glad to. I've got, my big number is three. Three NBA players to have their numbers retired by three franchises. Wow. Shaq last night, number 32 in Orlando. 32 in Miami, and 34 with the Lakers. Wilt Chamberlain, just 13 with all three, with the Warriors, with the 76ers, and with the Lakers. 
Pistol Pete Maravich with three, 44 with Atlanta, seven with Utah, and that's where he played with the Utah Jazz. He played with the New Orleans Jazz, and then, mm-hmm. then they retired at Utah. And then the New Orleans Pelicans that he never played a wow. minute for, but a legend <laughs> in New Orleans. Yeah. And they retired number seven as well. Only Wilt wore the same number for all three teams. And he also wore it in college at Kansas, where it's retired at Kansas. Shaq's number 33 is retired at LSU. And at LSU, number 23 mm. for Pistol Pete. And legend has it that that's where Michael Jordan fell in love with the twenty three is remembering really? is watching Pistol Pete as a as a kid. Wow, I didn't know that. That's a that's a good story. And he was a hey, great story. Yeah, I like that. It's a good big number. Uh, my big number. Let's see. A lot of ways I could go for Come my on, Brian. big number. Come on. Um, but I think uh, I'm going to go with the number 10. Uh, okay. Ugana Onwenso, uh, the the big man for uh, for Kentucky, seven foot sophomore, had 10 blocks Swatted last everything. night. I mean, just everything. And if you're going to if you're going to have a better defense, and their defense has been awful, but if you want a better defense, uh, having a guy that can uh, block 10 shots in a game is uh, is pretty good. So my big number is 10 for the 10 blocks last night. That is uh, the second most in a game at Kentucky. Kentucky, um, can anybody, anybody just want to take a stab at who has the most single-game blocked shots uh, in Kentucky history? I heard this earlier today. Cal guy, so recent history. Anthony oh. Davis. Wrong. W- Willie Carly Star. Wrong. Cat. Wrong. <laughs> when I say the name, you are both going to go, is oh, it, is it Tyler Tyler Eulis. No, 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 little bit. Oh, 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 no. um, George, J- uh, Josh Harrelson. Mm-mm. When I say the name, both of you are going to go. Of course, it's him. Of course, he he has the most blocked shots. I don't know, man. I'm I give. A, I give. Neurons Noel. Dang! Uh, how did oh, I miss I, him? I, I, I don't go. I should really. That. No, that, that's good because yeah, I, I know good. he was going crazy. Um, that the year he really like I mean, declared Nerland Noel in, in college, bro, he was NBA going crazy. Beginning. I was going to go way back Swatting to everything. Sam Bowie. Oh no, 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 no! But you I, said Cal guy, Cal guy. So Cal guy, I believe that's his. That's he what was, I heard. This he morning. was doing. Might have been wrong. He but. was doing really well until he messed up his mm-hmm. knee too. Yeah, yeah. And, and he got in college. Yeah, I mean, he got hurt that was in, in college. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I love a good Nerland Noel on a block. Shot. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but big, big game uh, for Kentucky. Do you Kentucky. think Kentucky's fixed? Do you think they're well? Uh, I don't think they're fixed. Uh, I, I think they can be much better at the end of the season um, than they are right now, even defensively, um, just because they're they rely on so last many night young guys. avoided. Oh, disaster! Not making the tournament. Yeah, I mean it would have been. They're, they're making been, the tournament. It would have been disaster, um, especially with that fan base. If they had last night probably avoided games. playing on Thursday. In Nashville. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. But, you know, I, I think, you know, they just rely on a lot of young guys. They got to get it going. But you're going to have some lulls. And, you know, they've had a couple injuries. And, and I'm kind of with David Cobb of, you know, one, two of these guys that they were missing shouldn't, you know, end with with this but um you know i think they can figure it out and, and i think you know they could they can make a, a a little bit of a run in the in the ncaa tournament my favorite pistol pete maravich story and we had the author of the book i can't remember his name but he wrote a book on pistol pete and told the story of the draft that year mm-hmm. and he didn't clean it up and we had to hit the delay oh, button love that yeah so i can't i can't make that mistake 
but he was telling the story in the draft that year, mm-hmm. you know, in 1970 draft, very rough, nothing like today, and really on a fancy conference call. Yeah. And you had like 15 minutes between picks. And number one pick in the draft that year was either Bob Lanier or Rudy Tomjanovich. I think Bob Lanier and, the other, and Rudy T went second. And they, they, good good players. Sure. And cer- certainly, you know, no fault of the Rockets and the Pistons for drafting those players. So then Marty Blake, the legendary NBA guy, he's running the Hawks at the time. And somebody from the league office said, hey, Marty Blake and the Hawks, you got 15 minutes. <laughs> and he said, blank the 15 minutes. Yeah. I can do this in 10 seconds. <laughs> we take Pistol Pete Maravich. <laughs> Pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make it Th- That author hard. also told the story that Pistol Pete and his dad, and his dad, Press Maravich, was – quite something yeah and very very tough on pistol pete in a good and bad way but they went and visited the aba team and he was real close i think to signing with the san diego team really the conquistadors in the aba and probably would have signed except they're checking out of the hotel they'd been out there for four or five days and you know been around town and had the the big sales pitch and it it was all but sign time mm-hmm. and they're checking out at the hotel and you know they're leaving to you know get a cab or whatever to go sure. to the airport and like the desk clerk said you know sir sir uh, you you, you got to settle your tab your your tab's not taking you know, back then what you know 60 bucks a right. night for a room yeah. but for you know and and press Maravich said these tight wads going to make us pay we ain't signing this <laughs> We're not let's signing go son. With the we're the headed back to Baton Rouge Good Lord, uh, that sounds about right. That's hilarious. No, uh, I did not know that Michael Jordan, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Michael Jordan going 23 because of Pistol Pete. That's, that's interesting. Hey, that's legendary, though. That's He was a great, I, I feel like he don't get his respect, though, Pistol Pete. Like, well, like he, he doesn't, did. and, yeah. and you know, didn't, didn't win the championships. His knees were shot when he yeah. got to the mm-hmm. NBA. And you know, didn't didn't play that long. Got a championship with the Celtics yeah. as a as a role as a bench player, mm-hmm. and you know, and then you know, died so young, you know, sure. from a massive heart attack. Legendary guy, yeah. Ron Higgins, that joins Dave Wolosian mm-hmm. every week on, on Wednesday after I joined Dave. You know, he grew up in Baton Rouge. His dad was you know, right there in the sports information office at LSU. And one time, very innocently, I asked Ron. I said, "Ron, when you were growing up and you were in Baton Rouge, did did you ever did you ever get to, the, to see Pistol Pete play at home at mm-hmm. LSU?" He said, "Only every home game, <laughs> every every night. That's, that's yes. legendary. It is. And he was a great player too. Isn't he the current all time leading scorer in college? In, in college, yeah. he'll never yeah. be broken. Yeah, no. That's legendary. He got close man. last year, sure did. which was sure kind of bogus. <laughs> it was." I thought, I thought they were going to make it happen with Man. Antoine Davis. Pete did it in three years. Yeah. No shot clock, no three-point line. Yeah, Man, that just legendary stat. Average 44.2. That's crazy. It's hard to do. Hard to do. But we need to go ahead and uh, wrap up our second hour and get to a break. And when we come back, we're uh, we're going to talk some more college basketball. Kevin Sweeney, he'll join us next.